You will ever be on my mind. 
we just pray we thank you Lord Jesus that our tongue is completely sold out to you and father we thank you Lord that every word that comes out Lord that it be a word that's pleasing and honorable to you Lord Jesus that we honor you with what we say and we honor you Lord God with how we say it that it'll be pleasurable unto you Lord we thank you changing our tone changing our volume Lord God that is directed as a sweet sound to our loved ones to those we 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 love we care about them Lord and 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 it hasn't come out as a praiseworthy manner but I thank you tonight Lord Jesus as we come before you Lord and Lord that you begin to saturate our lips Lord to be glorifying unto you and anyone that we talk to they'll realize that they've been in the presence of God that they've been speaking to Jesus and I can receive and see that there is a sweet savor on them Lord I just thank you for the praise of God the worship of God I just thank God this morning and just I'm praying and it says in Deuteronomy that the, the parents start to eat their babies start to eat their children and and just as I was praying before God and just thinking, like, how can that be? And he says, people do that today. I just thank God for your decision tonight is feeding your children and your grandchildren. Your decision to go before God and let praise be on your lips is feeding your loved ones and not eating them and is not consuming them. That decisions that, that, that we make, that it feeds our kids by the will of God. Lord God, I thank you that you take us out of positions that will cause us to eat our children in a way that they cannot do what you've called them to do because of decisions that we've made. But Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that they're going to eat the good of the land because, Lord, the fruit of our doing will be honorable unto you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that they will not have to go through what we've been through but lord they can go through the very presence of god because of us standing i just want to and lift you up tonight for you being here is feeding your children no matter where they are they're being fed they're not being consumed they're not being eaten they're being fed by the very presence of god that's upon your life now if they can eat them they can also feed them and i think that in the obedience of god that if it, as you're willing and obedient not only will you eat the good of the land but so will they lord i just thank you lord god for a moment to step out that anyone can come on a good weather day anyone can come when things are okay but lord when the real feeding happens when we push through and say i'm gonna god god i'm gonna honor you first I thank you, Lord Jesus, for us being healed from those who went before us and had, we were consumed by some of their prior decisions. That, Lord God, that we're being completely restored by the power of God, no longer eaten up by their decision. No longer, Lord God, are we the habits of those that went before us. No longer are we the hurts of those that went before us or their neglect. Whatever it may be, you are now an eater of the presence of God. And Lord God, we just eat your presence. I am not, I do not, and we do not have addictive spirits in this church. I do not have an addictive spirit. 
I am free, and who the Son has set free is free indeed. You did not inherit heart conditions. You did not inherit bad relationships. You did not inherit a, 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 an offset mind. You did not get those. Those things don't eat you anymore. You are being fed by the very word and will of God. You are not being eaten by emotional problems that make you shut down, that try to get inside of you physically, mentally, and try to stop you. For now you are eating of the presence of God. Lord, we thank you for your will being done. How gross it sounds that to think someone would cook and eat their babies. But Lord, you said in our decisions, it could cost them. So Lord, we decide tonight as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I thank you, Lord. I refuse to carry guilt, shame, and condemnation, for they shall eat the good of the land because of where I'm standing right now to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. There is purity is power, amen. And that's not saying being perfect. It says being pure, amen. And there's a, there's a, a thing about, you know, where... With, especially with our students, with people in general, in general, uh, where I, I think there are times, and I've actually heard adults say, well, you know, uh, about what God says about the Bible, and, you know, I've actually heard single adults in their 40s and say things like, well, you know, abstaining and, and being pure, that's, that's only for kids. The Bible don't mean for us as adults. And, you know, it's like, well, sure it does. <laughs> You know, we don't want to get in an age dispute with God who, <laughs> who's, who's created in everything, you know. And so sometimes it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle of that's not for now. Well, it's always. God's word is always. Uh, sanctification positions us for victory. And it just puts you in a, in a great and, and, and positions you for, for greater authority. And so we're going to go back into the old beginning and with Adam and Eve and when the serpent climbed up to them and where this all started. They had all the power over the enemy. He could do nothing. He just only could crawl through the garden. He couldn't function. He was a snake with no teeth, with no poison. You know, he's just a big worm. You know, and he had nothing. And that's, that's absolutely nothing. In fact, the Bible says that he, he's, he goes about as a roaring lion after Jesus got up. He, nothing. There's not, no claws, no nothing, just a bunch of fur. And the only power he has is what we give him. If you give him nothing, he has no power. Um, you know, we just preached on it. What you dwell on is what you're going to do well on. If you dwell on uh, sadness and defeat, you're going to do well at being sad and defeated. You know, as you dwell on uh, excitement and joy, you're going to do well in excitement and joy. So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 7, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, yeah, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Here's another thing. When you already know the answer to something, quit asking about it. Somebody come up to you and ask you something you already know the answer to. Uh, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. 
And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleased pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be des desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that we are walking in your ways and always. And we give you praise for it, Lord. Lead us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, probably the opening sentence, and I probably could, could end it here, Stop touching what you cannot eat. Don't do it. Um, as the, and you know, getting to the point to where this, this fasting has become an enjoyment of just, no, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're trying to reach something here, the masses of things, and we want something from God that's greater than touching and eating something right now that's not on the menu. Uh, if we touch something long enough that we're not supposed to eat, we're going to eventually try to taste it. You know, it's only so long. Like, uh, I don't know if y'all were one of those kids. Whatever I was told not to do, don't play with matches. Don't touch that. That's hot. Don't run in the house. We just clean the glass door. I was that kid who ran into the new glass door. I mean, full speed no protection just hit it for I me mean, they shouldn't have cleaned it so well clean I mean I hit that thing and was out uh, but I would always try to test things because I thought if I test it then I'll know for myself and and that's not wisdom that's dumb uh, we cannot eat hatred, bitterness, and unforgiveness. We can't eat those things. And the more we allow the touching of those things, the hungrier we will become to try and get truth out of them. You ever try to get truth out of your unforgiveness or truth out of bitterness and truth out of, out of hatefulness? You, you, you'll, try, you'll keep trying to touch it. like, man, that did me wrong. That did me wrong. You keep touching it, and you can't eat it because ultimately you're just going to get hungrier and hungrier for revenge, instead of getting refreshed and restored. There's a big difference between a revenge and restoration. Restoration allows you to move on. Revenge keeps you in the same place year after year after year after year. Where God says, I want to restore you, but I got to get you to quit touching and tasting and eating from something that cannot feed you. I can't believe I didn't put Haggai 1 in here. 1 verse 5, it says you, you give and you have little and you eat much, but you're always never filled. How could I forget that? What's, what am I thinking? Right? It says it's like you put your money in a bag with holes in it. Anybody ever shop like that? I just got paid. Where is it going? Um, so we can't allow those things to touch us because, then, again, if it touches us, it ultimately we're going to pass that down. And it's going to touch the rest of us. And touch all of us. And so I, I also believe the other part of that works, that what's not touching us is also not touching them as well. 
Okay, so we want to take that part of it and say we're not going to render any of our kids, our families, our loved ones to anything other than the very will of God. So I'm not going to try to get my wisdom on it. I'm going to keep with God what God says. So condemnation has no new truth. Right? Condemnation doesn't have anything new. There's not a new book on condemnation coming out. It's going to be the same old stuff that it's always been saying. This is never an end. It's not anything new. So it's going to keep the same thing. It only rehearses what you already know and what God has already given you victory over. Did God really say you are forgiven? Did God really say that you are going to heaven? Did God, you know what I mean? Like, did God really say he's going to use you? To, and, there, you know, that question is just stop. Yes, it's said, it's done, it's settled, move on. But the enemy wants to do that. Even when it's time for you to do something else, even in your life, did God really give you the confidence to do it? Did God really say your children are going to live and your children are going to make it? Or your finances are going to be? Did God really? Yes, it's been said. We're not having this conversation. Right? I don't know if it's in the Bible, and maybe it is. I probably should have looked it up before I'm going to say this out loud because it sounds like I don't read it. But my family used to say, don't answer a fool. Is that anywhere in the Bible? The Bible said, they would say, the Bible says, is it? In, in some, don't answer a fool. I think it's a good thing to live by. I always, I said this way, I don't say it biblical. I said, you can't feed all the animals at the zoo. When somebody says something stupid to me, I go, I can't feed you. Do you one of them elephants? I can't give you peanuts. And I think that's kind of what we have to do with the enemy is like when he starts saying that stuff, it's like, oh, no, I can't feed that. That needs to starve. Because if that gets to eating, it's not going to be able to stop. So the rehearsal is designed to sing a little bit of doubt until it turns into an action. Then it is lived as a truth. Condemnation. It's just going to sing a little bit of doubt. I don't know why I put sing in there. I think I wrote the wrong word, but I got the word sing a little bit of doubt. I've never, I don't know why that's there. I just recognize that right now to sing a little bit of doubt, but I guess it's okay, whatever. And it turns into an action. I, I'm surely believing that sing is not what I meant to write, but they can turn into a truth. Some people live their condemnation out. There are people who flat out believe they cannot do something. They're living out condemnation, right? And so that may be their theme song. Their, uh, what's the, what am I looking for? Action hero song. Dun -dun -dun. No, it's not what it's called. It's something else. No, no. It's called something else. I'll get it. I'll get it in a minute. It'll be like Tourette's. John chapter 20, verse 16 through 17. Uh, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, and she turned herself. And this is, she went to the tomb to, to, to get Jesus' body and see what was going on. And she realized that she didn't see it. It wasn't where she, they laid it, right? And we know why, because Jesus got up. And she turned herself and saith unto him, uh, Rabboni, which is, to say, Master. And Jesus said to her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and to your God. Now, man, wouldn't it be great to be able to touch Jesus? 
Right? That's a good thing, right? But he said, don't touch me. Right? Not yet, right? Because I haven't gone through the Father. Okay? Now, again, so if Jesus said, I need to go through the Father before you touch me, if there's something in your life that don't go through the Bible and go through God, don't touch that. Right? Don't touch it. That can't ascend. I can't ascend this relationship to God. I know God doesn't want me there. So I need to not touch that. You can eat of any other tree, <laughs> but this one ain't the one. Right? He says, don't touch me because I haven't gone through God. This, there's no purity here yet. I need to go to. This is Jesus. Don't touch me. There are sometimes we want to touch something that's good, but it's not God. And just because it's good, we don't even pray about it. Jesus said, you better ascend all that stuff up to God. I was like, we go out to eat and, and, you know, when the boys are hungry or something, I go, pray, man. You don't know who back there in the kitchen. I believe it's okay, but pray over that stuff. Let it ascend to heaven. You don't know what God need to take out of there? Uh, Jesus didn't want to be handled before he went to God and, 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 and set the access for salvation into motion. So it's like, God, here, God, I want to place this before you before I start handling it myself. God, I, I can't do this. I can't do this without your authority. Am I handling something that God didn't get to first or I didn't give to God first? Because if I do, I'm going to get out of order. Right? Adam and Eve went out of order because God says, don't handle this tree. There might be a time where you're going to get to it, but not now. But they handled something they didn't take before God. And then they ultimately died emotionally and spiritually. So there's, a, there's an order for our life that everything must go through the Father by the Son. Now, I, and, and there are times where I don't feel like doing that. Right? Uh, Miss Rita couldn't find her phone the day before church. When she found her phone, what'd you say? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Let's pray, looking for it. I don't normally think to pray to pass that before God. I want to look and complain. Right? And I don't, I'm, handling, I'm trying to handle it. Now, I know that's simple, and like other folks are like, that's simple. Well, how are we going to stop and pray when we need to be busy looking? Well, you could save yourself some time, right, if you listen to God. But sometimes, I just got to pray. Why are you going to stop and pray? I need you looking. I need you looking. I'm calling a phone. I need you to be somewhere where you can hear it. Don't stop and bow and pray because you ain't going to be able to hear where I'm going. Pray, right? And that's a, that's a simple thing. There's many other things that we want to take and handle ourselves and not take it before God. Because one thing we know that what the Bible says about it, we already know. And so then we turn serpent-like. What did God really say? Have you ever been a serpent on a situation? Did God really not want me to cut these people off in traffic? Did God really not want me to give my real personal opinion right now? Did God really say to have peace in the house? Did God really? And we, we turn like, I know you don't want to be compared to a snake. I'm sorry. But we go serpent because to do what we want to do. It's, it's kind of like, like I was telling you guys, like, uh, you know, and, and again, we don't, you do you now. 
But, but Pastor Donnie and I, I was talking about the men's meeting when he came to this church and found out I don't do R-rated movies. And we don't go to those. And, that, not, and again, he was like, you know, not, not for other stuff. I just believe that if I fill up on words, those words are going to fill out on me. And then they invite what they thought was a Christian preacher to speak at the school, and I got words that's slipping out that ain't biblical. Now we got disappointed because what he thought was pressure turned out to be pressure. Now you got to explain why the preacher just write his preacher stuff down just to get in the buildings, but no God is in the heart. Man, I have to keep my words clean. You know what I mean? Like I have to. Uh, maybe I'm just one of those people who soak things up too easily. Like I get, I get excited about myself every year about this time of year that, that, you know, just, you know, with the fasting and eating well and I got plant-based protein and, you know, you know, lost 22 pounds and I cannot figure out why I don't do this all year long. I can tell you why. Summertime. Summertime. Summertime has, I can always get the Sonic between two and four. <laughs> Even after leaving the gym. Half-price drinks. Half-price drinks. Half-price drinks and uh, cheeseburger, Junior, $1.49. $3, I got a full meal. I was eating that every day. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't get down. You can't wear your little motocross jeans when you are doing that because you're handling something that's going to handle you. He said, touch not. And I go, I'm just going to run it off. He goes, no, you're going to run with it. That's what you're going to do. Be in the corner somewhere. And so, again, like, it's stuff like just where, what, what, you know, why don't I make better decisions? And don't get condemned about it. Just start getting right about it. Right? Just, just stop, stop and go like, okay, God, you said purity, and, and this is the word purity, is power. I'm going to walk in your purity. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be perfect, but that means that you're going to honor the word that is perfect and not argue with purity. He got Adam and Eve, or well, mostly Eve, to argue about purity. And so then they ate. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added. See the king first. Had an a, a older gentleman named, uh, gosh, what was his name? Great speaker, but he was, a, he, was a, he was addicted to crack cocaine. He'd go into schools and speak. He was an older, older black gentleman, and I, when I first got into public speaking, he was one of the first guys I met. He did not respect me, didn't like me at all. Until he found out my story, and then he was like, oh, his name is Walter Hollins. Great. I mean, when he spoke, when he was on, untouchable speaker. Kids, and then he was 60s then. This is before Jairo was born. I mean, he could speak. Had no teeth in his mouth. He'd, be, he'd wake up in alleys, you know, schools would invite him. You couldn't find him. Right? But I'm telling you, when he, that when he was on, nobody could touch him. When he could speak, I mean, and it didn't matter if they were elementary, high school, 
um, but he was touching something that was slowly draining his gift. Slowly draining, slowly draining his gift because he might have had a great word every day, but because of where he was, he was missing it. Right? And so one of the things I want to do is make sure we call ourselves forward. See the king first. He's the one that first said that to me. See, he said this to me, Matthew 6:33. See the king first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He says, see Jesus first, and everything else will be added. That's why I just remember that. So God adds to us through himself. So whatever I pass through God, he's going to be the one that adds. Whatever I don't pass through God will subtract from my life. And Rick Pitino, one probably great basketball coach, has one of the, you know, he's under some lot of fire and he's been fired and lost his job and a lot of wrong things. And he's arguing with something that they've caught him red-handed doing. But one of the things I remember about Rick Pitino in his book, and you probably heard me say this, when you tell the truth, your mistakes become a part of your past. When you tell a lie, they become a part of your future. I want to send that to him. Like, remember, you wrote this. Right? Like, I mean, I wonder if he just forgot or he believes he's so innocent that he's just fighting it to the end. So he's suing the school. But he wrote the sentence. When you tell the truth, your mistakes become part of your past. Tell a lie, they become part of your future. Dude, read your first book. Like, or read the book. Pick up something. Is that God asked through us. So it is unnecessary and unproductive to touch anything that doesn't go through God first. If it doesn't go through God first, if I can't take it through God first, if I can't go through that part of God with it first, it, it's unnecessary. It's not worth it in your life, all right? You ever went to the back of your closet and saw some things you have not worn, but you won't throw it away because you go someday. And it fits today. It fits now, but you're going someday. You never know when it comes back in style. But you've gone years, and you've not even thought about wearing, throw it to goodwill. I was about to say throw it away, but give it to goodwill. You're not going to wear it. Not that you don't fit it. You fit it. It fits. But why are you keeping it? What makes us hoard in some form or fashion? And sometimes what the enemy loves, the enemy loves for us to hoard emotions, hoard pain and mentality so we'll have clutter when it's time to go before God. And God is like, you don't need to bring that with me. I'm going to clothe you. You can let them leaves go. You can quit sowing that. Passing through God means that we are opening his wisdom and authority to what we are bringing before him. If it isn't worthy enough to be considered by God's word, it isn't worthy enough to be allowed in a believer's life. Right? They can't even just consider God. We can't even just sit down and consider Jesus. It's not worthy to be in my life. Just not, just not worthy to be there. My mom's like, if you, can't, if you ain't got enough consideration to bring the girl you're dating to the house, you shouldn't be with her. Now, my issue with that was, just defense, they don't act right when we take somebody over to our house. They're loud. They, you know, Rita's first time there, it was like, she ain't ever coming back. We're going to get married like this. 
we were we were it was it was weird how they act and you just didn't want to bring anybody home because they're gonna tell stories they're gonna make stuff up you know and it's just like we, we you know just, just if you ain't got enough sense to bring now now I'm a, now I'm crazy now I'm I, now I ain't got now I'm the one that's off you ain't got enough sense to bring that gal him and let me meet her then you you, you know she ain't worth your life what kind of pressures that they knew they weren't gonna act right and we can't even tell the story when you first met my mom after dinner we can't even tell you all them sentences I can tell you now Rita's eyes got real big. Verse 27 shows us that it was about order because Jesus tells Thomas later on, remember he's told Mary not to touch him because he hadn't gone to Father. When he went to God, he told the biggest doubter, now come and handle me so I can prove to you that I'm alive. See, because if she touched him too soon, it, it wouldn't have been able to have been revealed to her that he was the living. But after he'd been to God, he says, okay, now Thomas, then you put your finger in my holes. And you, so I can prove to you them a lot. When you go to God, he'll prove the rest. You don't have to prove it yourself because God will do the proving himself. So it, is, it was about order because Jesus tells Thomas to touch him by putting his hand on his finger, his scars to prove that he was the son of God. It is part of that place that we want to go. So I don't want to touch anything too soon. I don't want to touch my finances too soon. I don't want to touch my, my walk with God too soon. And what I mean by that is I want to stay in order and do it on his timing. Right? Because if I rush in, I'll be a fool and end up rushing out. Isn't that a song? Or is it fools rush in? <laughs> Look at y'all. I'm not touching it, Pastor. No, remind you of your sermon. Psalms chapter 34, verse 7 and 8. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Um, it was Sunday that I talked about uh, Naaman having leprosy, right? I think now, and it just there's a form of leprosy that comes up on people who don't, uh, at any point, that don't want to obey God, no matter what the situation is. Because God will say something like, go dunk yourself in forgiveness. Go dunk yourself into uh, not being out side so much or not going around and trying to impress people. Go dunk yourself in, a, in your relationship with me. And God, I want you to show me to do something big. That's big. If you don't obey the little thing. So you can get this leprosy off of you. Whatever form of leprosy it is. Emotional, mental, whatever. Uh, God says, taste and see that he is good. That means that other 90% taste that. That's God. Taste that one. And see that he's good. The enemy says, taste and greed will steal your good. God says, taste and see that I'm good. The enemy says, taste and see greed steal your good. The greed to know, the greed to be informed, the greed to, I, got, I need to know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Well, you wouldn't have to know what you're getting yourself into because you'd be into God. And he wouldn't put you in a situation that you don't need to be into. So you don't have to get yourself into something when you're in Christ. So taste and see that God is good. Satan wants you to, to do those things. Satan wants us to taste and play God instead of allowing God to be Lord of our 
life. He wants you to play God, right? Because he said that you'd be like God. So he wants you to play God. Anybody ever played God before? Okay, I knew nobody was going to admit to that. Okay, I've played God before. And maybe you'll pick up on times where you've played God too. Where God says in his word, and he tells us in his word directly, and we go do something else. That's playing God. Let me try again. Anybody ever played God before? Anybody ever lied before? Okay, because you're doing it right now. Okay, because we don't want to say, I will be like the most high. We just want to act like the most high. I will never say those words. What's the difference between saying it and doing it? Right? Because it's right there before you. So, again, he wants you to play God instead of allowing God to be Lord of our life. He wants us to commit the same blasphemy that got him kicked out of heaven. Right? And Isaiah, he said, I will be like the most high. And then he got kicked out of heaven. Gone. Kicked out. So now he tries to get every one of us to get ourselves kicked out of place. And he uses condemnation to do it. Because if that's the case, if it's just the fact that we've had a bad past, then none of us would walk with God, right? None of us. None of us. He'd he'd use it every time. So that means that when that comes up, just cast it down. I'm not that person anymore. That's not who I am. I'm not eating from that tree anymore. I ate once. You got me. But if you think I'm going for seconds, you got to be crazy, right? I'm not going for seconds. I'm going to go for God's first and God's best, and he'll take care of the rest. Yeah, see, I meant to say that. See, you could see Miss Jenny had me, a little Nipsey Russell for you. Okay, all right, you guys bow your heads. Let's pray. Now, as your heads are bowed and, and your eyes are closed, and you, you're immediately in your mind what you don't want your sons or your daughters touching, re- pray that they are released from an appetite to touch those things. Release from whatever form of knowledge the enemy is trying to tell them they're going to get out of this. They are right now released. He'd love for them to become agnostic. Love for them to become atheists. He's pursuing them to touch and play God to where they don't pray anymore, don't believe anymore, don't read the Bible or argue with what's written but father we call them too they know the truth and the truth makes them free Uh, they will not touch trees and try to find out for themselves they will honor thy mother and thy father and hear the words that's been spoken to them that they'll hear and say i believe that you speak truth and not do like us where we realize that our parents are smarter and smarter the longer we live but they're going to recognize it right now that there's wisdom coming. My parents would not lead me in a wrong direction. I'm going to sit and I'm going to hear it. Come on, you got to believe that they're going to hear it. They're going to believe they're going to receive it. That they are hearing that I am telling you, you are wise through listening to me. And Father God, we just call their ears home. We call their hearing home. We thank you, Lord Jesus. They will not be consumed. And, Father, we put, place ourselves to make decisions. As we hear you, they're going to hear us, and we're going to line up in order that they hear. 
I thank you, Father, that we are exposing their ears to the wisdom of God, to the authority of God, and in their studies, as much as we hurt for them when they're struggling, Lord God, that, Father God, there's help for them. And we want to be their help, not their hurt. And we just thank you, Father, as your blessing, calling us away from touching things that, that cause us to feel ashamed or down. That we are blessed, we're free. The Son is set free. It's free indeed. Purity is power. We thank you for the purity and innocence of them and the innocence of our lives. That when you said, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. So we're, we're free. We're pure. And we're going to walk in that power and that release. Lord, we thank you that you're bringing forth confidence. Now, Lord Jesus, I stand over our church family. And Lord God, I pray over them to be able to hear, to have that possess the power of God and say, God, I'm going to follow in your wisdom and in your footsteps. And I'm not going to let anything make me be afraid to honor you first. And I know you'll lead me, you'll guide me, and you'll watch over me, and you will uh, uh, bless the words of my mouth, and you will order my steps to glorify you. And that my wisdom will be solely because of my hearing through you. So I'm trained up in the way that I should go, and I will not depart from it. And I thank you, Lord God, I will be a feeding parent, feeding loved one, not one that's eating and consuming, but I will feed those around me and under me. Thank you, Jesus, for the word and the will of God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we go forth in Jesus' name. May everybody say, amen, amen, amen.